Warning, regardless of what spell check might lead you to believe, we are not talking about ducks. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by My Sheets Rock, Adam and Eve, Hello Fresh, and by the new language aid for religious people, Uno Lingo. Uno Lingo. Is it that you don't know what the words you're using mean? Is that why you think your religion makes sense? Talk to us. We have a dictionary and everything. We'll let you know. And now, The Scathing Atheist. Happy Thursday, you wonderful people. My name is Nate, and I am in the process of learning that gender is a performance, and I am a terrible actor. So in that spirit, I'd like to remind you that we did, in fact, evolve from filthy monkey guys, gals, and non-binary pals. It's February 1st. And it's National Change Your Password Day. Cool, yeah. A holiday we celebrate every time Eli's in charge of picking a password for anything in the company. <laughs> yep, I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And from John Stewart's New Jersey, Ann Arbor, Ooh. Michigan, and Waycross, Georgia, this is The Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, Password123 is apparently not a good fit. Religion ruins the trustworthy reputation of cryptocurrency. <laughs> and speaking of ruined reputations, Tom and Cecil will be here. But first, the diatribe. I spent a big chunk of the past week thinking about the interview we did on last week's episode. Now, for those of you who missed the last show, I talked with Carrie Black, who co-wrote a children's book about grieving. And a big theme of the interview, of course, was how bad we are as a culture when it comes to talking about death. The end result of that, as Carrie pointed out, is that we're very often trying to learn about the process of grieving for the first time while we're grieving, which is a terrible time to try to learn new shit. And of course, you don't have to chew on this thought for very long before you find your culprit. Right, Because we're bad at talking about all kinds of shit as individuals. We're bad at talking about math. But that's mitigated somewhat by the fact that we just pay some other person to tell our children about math so that we don't have to remember how to divide fractions. Same with almost all the other shit that our kids need to know about. But as useful as it would be, don't expect your local school boards to adopt a mandatory unit on grieving anytime soon. How would you do that? How could you possibly lead a group of random kids through a discussion on grieving without offending somebody's religious beliefs? Now, don't get me wrong. I, I know that schools do talk about grieving, right? Sometimes a kid in your class dies and you have no choice. You're forced to talk about it. And I wouldn't be all that shocked to learn that some school in one of the nation's more progressive enclaves actually does teach kids about grieving as a standard thing. But even to the extent that we do, we've got to tiptoe around all this religious bullshit the whole time. And all the most important shit to understand, the bits about the finality of death that make it so uniquely difficult to cope with are undercut already by the religious upbringing of any kid unfortunate enough to grow up being told fairy tales about heaven. This isn't an incidental problem, of course, right? You ask religious leaders and religious people, and they'll say that grieving is in their magisteria. Religious leaders don't just fuck up the conversation about death. They jealously guard that conversation. And our society has, by and large, ceded it to them. 
right? According to our dominant culture, it's the priest, the pastor, and the rabbi's job to teach kids about death. And it's the counselor and the psychologist's job, you know, to deal with the fact that they failed. And maybe somebody out there wants to try to rescue religion from this because of the uniquely difficult nature of the subject. You know, come on, Noah, you can't give religion too much shit here. This is a really hard conversation to have. And anybody who tried to shoulder that burden would do a bad job. At least they're stepping in. But I'd submit that the problem isn't the conversation. It's who's talking. This is true. After all, every time religion tries to elbow their way into any conversation. Right. Set death aside. What's the other field of childhood education that the church tries to lay claim to most sex? Right. And set death aside. Where does our culture most fail our children in terms of probably educating them? Exactly. I mean, it should come as a surprise to precisely nobody that our cultural ability to talk about a subject is hampered by an organized effort to lie about that subject especially when there are multiple organizations all lying in different directions. But we have to point it out here when we're cataloging the expansive list of ways that religion harms our society. They make the difficult subjects all that much more difficult. And this is particularly noteworthy since one of the main defenses given for religion is that it's supposed to help people cope with death. No, the fuck it doesn't. You know what helps people cope with death? Talking honestly about death with them. And anything that stands in the way of that can't possibly claim to be helping. They're talking about your Jesus. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the cool and the anna of my gang. He then right and Eli Bosnick. <laughs> Fellas, are you ready to get down on it? Okay, genuinely, I really don't want to dance. But I'm still on board, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Look, I mean, it's dance or Hollywood swing, Heath. And we don't know any famous people who want to fuck us. So you better figure <laughs> out something quick. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Well, while he does that, we're going to pause for a word from our first sponsor this week. My Sheets Rock. Heath Enright. Wake up, my boy. Where, where am I? Who are you? Ah, oh, I'm Walt Disney, of course. And you've been cryogenically unfrozen in the year 4000. Cryogenically unfrozen? I, I wasn't cryogenically frozen, though. Oh, sure you were. See, you were a warm sleeper, and in order to keep cool, you accidentally encased your body in an icy sleep for 2,000 years. Ah, oh, man. I knew I should have gotten the regulator sheets from My Sheets Rock. What, uh, the regulator sheets from My Sheets Rock? My Sheets Rock created the regulator sheets, which are designed specifically to keep hot sleepers cool and cold sleepers comfortable. They regulate temperature, wick moisture, stay breathable, and are so soft, you'll sleep comfortably every night. That's because these sheets are made from best-in-class bamboo rayon, the holy grail of sheeting, Walt Disney. This miracle material transfers body heat two times more effectively than regular sheets and reduces humidity by 50%, so you can experience your best night's sleep yet. Those do sound good, but have you actually tried them? I did. Noah? What, what are you doing here? Doing here? Everyone has a hollow Noah in the year 4000. It's true, they do. Huh. My Sheets Rock sent us a set to try when they became a sponsor, and they were so cool and comfortable that I bought two extra sets. Yeah, You know, back, back when I had a body. Had a body, sure. But these sheets must have been impossible to get. And what if I don't believe you? Don't believe me? Their five-star customer reviews speak for themselves. Plus, they offer a 90-day risk-free trial and free shipping and returns. Check out My Sheets Rock at mysheetsrock.com slash scathing. And enter our code SCATHING for 10% off and free shipping. That's mysheetsrock.com slash scathing, code SCATHING. All right then, kid. Welcome to the future. All right. Thanks, Mr. Disney. 
Oh, and before you get too excited, there's still a bunch yep, yep, of... Yep, yep. I figured, thank you, Walt. Thank you. And now, back to the headlines. In our lead story tonight, in Tales from the Crypto News, thanks to Colorado pastor Eli Rigaldo and his wife, Caitlin. No relation. Yep, that's not how names work. So thanks to Mr. and Mrs. Rigaldo, we learned about a very insidious version of fraud that was getting people to waste their money on made-up nonsense. <gasps> Cryptocurrency. And it was really horning in <laughs> on the action for religion, and that's not cool. So the Rigaldos decided to combine the two scams into fucking fraud Voltron, and they started selling their own version of Bitcoin. But they're both idiots, and everything they did was super illegal, and... Unlike religion, cryptocurrency still has a few laws about it. So now they're being sued over their multi-million dollar illegal crypto scheme. They did crypto illegally. Do you yeah. know how hard you have to break the law to do made up math money illegally? It's <laughs> right. so hard. No, it's like when you see that the health department shut down a Taco Bell and you're like, really? <laughs> really? All right. And a big thanks to Anthony for the link. Scathingnews at gmail.com if you want to help out. Whoa, 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 whoa. Heath, you're telling me that not only can folks send us the latest atheism news to scathingnews at gmail.com, but if they do, me undies will measure their genitals in their what? sleep to allow a fit that many are calling supernaturally predictive. Please don't bring the sponsors into this, although that does sound like a great product <laughs> if they did that. So it all started in 2022. When Pastor Rigaldo got a divine message from above. No relation. The God of the universe told him, you got to get into crypto, brah. It's the next big thing. <laughs> That's what God said to him. So the Rigaldos launched their own altcoin called IndexCoin and set up their own crypto exchange. Normally, that would mean a good deal of like coding and regulatory paperwork. But for them, it was apparently... Drawing a coin on MS Paint and saving a bunch of copies and then making a promotional video for their parishioners at Victorious Grace, their online-only church, and other Christian communities in the area. And they raised over $3.2 million from over 300 oh, investors. Jesus Christ. Okay, y'all gotta step it up during Matreon this year. Look, we appreciate you and everything, but the religious are making us look like chumps over here, okay? <laughs> right. Chumps. I mean, I, I, like, even if one of you could be gullible to the tune of $10,000 plus per person, I'll be okay with that. <laughs> so, in addition to selling the coin made of nothing, listed exclusively on the exchange that trades nothing, they also just made up numbers for the value. They sold the coins for $1.50 and they told investors that each coin was worth at least $10 and claimed there were 30 million coins in circulation. And to be clear, even the word circulation was a lie there. Those numbers, by the way, would mean the Regaldos had $300 million backing the coins. Right. Investigators found 30,000. And on top of the fraudulent claims, the Regaldos also just straight up stole a bunch of money. The lawsuit explains how they took about $1.3 million and used it to buy a Range Rover, buy jewelry, buy cosmetic dentistry, lavish vacations, and home improvements. That $1.3 million also included $290,000 that went straight to the bank account of their church. Again, their online-only church. Ah, you hate to see it. We'd like to apologize 
that the one for you, two for me turned out not to be an appropriate alternative to TurboTax. (laughs) (laughs) And in textual relations news, as the great philosopher Plato once said, democracy is a bad idea because sometimes stupid people elect themselves. Now, I may be paraphrasing slightly and I may not know if Plato actually said that, but that doesn't make it any less true. I feel like it does. Kind of by definition. But, but... Whether or not my attribution is accurate, the sentiment certainly is, as an Oklahoma state senator is introducing a bill this week that would not only make watching porn a felony, but ban sexting between unmarried couples as well. And people aren't allowed to have bigger biceps than me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And whereas it was cold that day, it was in my house. It was cold. Mm -hmm. Just got out of the pool. Exactly. So first off, big thanks to our favorite listener, April Poff, as well as a bunch of other people who sent us this story to scathingnews at gmail.com. If you send us news at scathingnews at gmail.com, you could bask in being in the same inbox as April Poff, knowing that your email is nestled against hers like peeps in a package at Easter. How dare you compare April to a peep? Peeps are delicious. I am not having this fight on air. No illusions. Not on air. You're canceled. Anyway, (laughs) the state senator in question is Dusty Deavers who, despite his name and appearance, is not the first bad guy you kill in the 1994 Laserdisc classic (laughs) Fast Draw Showdown. Yeah, and his name is not the same as Ben Shapiro's OnlyFans page, but he does rhyme with Ben Shapiro's. (laughs) He sure does. He sure does, yeah. Now, regular listeners to our podcast might remember Deavers for saying women who get abortions should be jailed for murder and wanting to bring back, quote, at-fault divorce laws. But apparently the good idea train has just kept on a chugging, including the bill I mentioned at the top, which would ban the consumption and production of content that, quote, lacks serious literary, artistic, educational, political, or scientific purposes or value in any medium. Okay, so along with porn, we lose Fox News, Breitbart, OAN, etc. I, I like this. Is, there is a deal to be made. Here. <laughs> okay, we might not even lose porn. Porn has very significant scientific value to me personally. No, that's so fair. Maybe, maybe we sure, have to compromise. Yeah. Also, also, I could rub one out to the artsy stuff if I have to. I've had to. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Up in the 80s. Put some any in the background. Exactly. So, as I mentioned at the top, the bill also includes a ban on sexting between two individuals who are not married, with violators facing up to a year in jail or a $2,000 fine. But my favorite part of this bill if I'm interpreting it correctly, is that the bill also allows people to sue other people for up to $10,000 if you think they have violated this law. <laughs> Your Honor, I'd submit that she could not possibly need him to bring her home an actual great big sausage that many times in a single <laughs> month. Okay, I can't tell you how many times it said, I want to smash, and I brought over Smash Brothers, because obviously, but I feel like a lawsuit is a bit much (laughs) for that misunderstanding. Kind of my fault. Sure, true. Yeah, and that's on me, too. That's on me, too. (laughs) So, yeah, the bill, of course, thank you. The bill, of course, has no fucking shot in the state Senate, even in Oklahoma. But, you know, the fact that it was introduced by an adult who will continue to have a driver's license, let alone a vote in the state Senate, is fucking terrifying. Yeah. Right. So, like, how do you see somebody on your side doing shit like this and not have a what have I become moment? Sure. Yeah. Real Johnny Cash check in at that point. (laughs) 
One last thing about this story that I just have to point out. The source that I was sent for this story, perthnow.com, points out that the most searched term on Pornhub for the state of Oklahoma is sex dick. What? <laughs> and that is very obviously a cry for help and information more than anything else. What? So, I mean, if anything, Oklahoma desperately needs more porn, yes. not less. Am I right? <laughs> so, you know, if anyone from the Oklahoma State Senate is listening, get on that. Maybe a quick overview of the anatomy instead of the Pledge of Allegiance to start the day. I'm just saying, get on okay, it. No, okay, so get on it. I checked on that. Sex dick is the term searched most often in Oklahoma compared to all the other states. So it's a little different, but that, that's still crazy. Yeah. But it could just easily be one guy who searched for like sex dick fucking, I, I masturbate now, please do <laughs> some, search, search. <laughs> all right. So while we get on the horn with Oklahoma's legislature, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our second sponsor this week, Adam and Eve. And then this bottle goes right here. Perfect. Nice. Hey, Heath, uh, do, do you have a second? Yeah, we wanted to talk to you. Oh, uh, yeah, sure, guys. I was just arranging my scotch collection. Uh, Heath, that's three bottles. Yeah, yeah, but they're they're like arranged now, you know, so sure. collection. Sure. Look, it, it's your first Valentine's Day as an engaged man, and Eli and I just want to make sure you uh, come through appropriately. Exactly. Oh, yeah, I guess Valentine's Day is coming up. So uh, what do you guys think? Flowers, maybe a nice dinner? Well, see, that's what we're here to talk to you about. That stuff's great when you're just dating, but I, I feel like now Anne is going to expect a little more. Much more. Really? Yeah, much more, actually. Like what? You've got to cram the biggest dildo you can find up your butt. I, I do? What? You do, yeah. No, flowers and chocolates say I like you, but cramming a giant dildo up your butt, that says I love you. I mean, I don't even know where to find a giant dildo. Sure you do. AdamandEve.com. That's right. Adam and Eve is an LGBTQ affirming and sex positive sex shop for all your Valentine's needs. Whether it's something special for a romantic night in or, in your case, the largest dildo that you can possibly find right up your butt. And check this out. When you go to AdamandEve.com and select almost any one item, you'll get it at 50% off. Almost any item. Yeah, and you'll need that because those super large dildos, that can get a little pricey. Right? But that's not all. When you select your one item, you'll also get free shipping. So head on over to adamandeve.com and be sure to use offer code SCATHING. Again, that's S-C-A-T-H-I-N-G, SCATHING. That's SCATHING at adamandeve.com. Have a happy Valentine's Day. All right, thanks, guys. I'm going to go downstairs and start shopping right now. You do that, buddy. You think he's actually going to do it? Oh, I think he's going to end up in the hospital for sure. Yeah, for sure. I love you, and. It's a nice thing for Anne on the show. Yeah, no, I'm sure she'll love this. It's a little keeper. Morgan? And we're back. Next up in headlines, in blasphemy Too news tonight, you could forgive us for thinking we'd reached peak nonsense Christian persecution fetish bullshit when being stupid in a red hat pioneer Josh Feirstein accused Starbucks of persecution we're using solid red cups in December. But we didn't think that because the founding rule of this company is to never overestimate Christians. We didn't think that for a fucking second. We knew the whole time that something dumber was always on the horizon. And we may finally have found it in the form of Christians losing their shit because a school kid in Mississippi got written up for yelling Jesus Christ after he dropped his Legos. As in, 
They're pretending that he got in trouble for uttering the forbidden phrase, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, but that is an offensive phrase to yell sure. in school. When 99.9% .9 of people yell, Jesus Christ, in a frustrated voice, they literally mean, fuck. That's what, yes. that's what language is. Yep. So now a school has to explain to an entire town of Christians how mouth noises work like vis-a-vis -vis ears and brain faces. And they've tried to explain this yeah. to their weird town. Mm -hmm. Also, your guy has a whole 10 item thing about not taking his name in vain. Yep. He kicked rape off the list so that he could tell you not to take his name in vain. He yeah. really doesn't like it when you take his name in vain. No, I feel like Christians are very familiar with the difference between using one's name and using one's name in vain. Given their prescribed punishments for ignorance, a lot rides on them knowing <laughs> right. that. Yeah. But that didn't stop them from this nonsense interpretation. So the write-up, which the kid's mom posted on Facebook in an effort to stir up bullshit in the first place, reads, quote, he said, the kid said, Jesus Christ, when he dropped the Legos, he was cleaning up from recess, end quote. It's a seven-year-old kid. No doubt. He got all angry and he yelled and the teacher felt the need to take him aside and talk to him and call his mom about it. And as loath as I am to side with the rule against blasphemy, that sounds like a teacher doing their fucking job to me. Yeah. Right? But that patently obvious interpretation was undercut by mom's caption, which read, quote, Please pray for the schools. My son just got this from school for saying Jesus Christ, prayer hands emoji, end quote. And as if to emphasize the fact that she's no stranger to not knowing what the hell is going on, she added a floating hashtag after the prayer <laughs> hand. Who's a hashtag blank? Here's the mm -hmm. thing. If you want to get all the extra visibility, you got to do hashtag hashtag. Obviously, it's a rookie mistake. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it, it takes a pretty healthy dollop of willful blindness to imagine that the big problem with elementary schools in Mississippi that enforce blasphemy rules with write-ups is that they're insufficiently Christian. I mean, I, I'm on the teacher's side here and all, but it's hard for me to imagine the kid getting written up for taking Buddha's name in vain. But, but one way or the other... Christian idiots are terrified of their own shadows again, which would only be funny if it weren't for the fact that they always shoot at the things that scare them. Yeah. <laughs> and finally tonight, in paranoid clandroid news, we have a story about a group of radical Christian terrorists and how their stupid plan is currently collapsing under the weight of their own paranoid conspiracy theories. The domestic terrorists are calling themselves the Army of God, and they organized a trucker convoy heading for the southern border in order to carry out a biblical anti-migrant crusade and hmm. basically serve as human razor wire, you know, just like God intended. Yeah, it's like the first civil war, but if the slaves the South were fighting to keep hadn't actually existed, that's what right. it's like. Right, yeah, yeah. All right, and a big thanks to Brian for the link. Scathingnews at gmail.com, very helpful. Tuck it. So the Army of God is calling their operation the Take Our Border Back Convoy. And they departed from Virginia Beach on Monday morning, hoping to arrive in South Texas later this week. The organizers promised a posse of about 700,000 people. And uh, Vice News did a quick count on that on Monday afternoon. They had about 
36 people. And Ooh, it's pretty much short. entirely just geriatric white guys in that 36. So I'm assuming they've been stopping every 20 minutes or so for enlarged prostate pee breaks. They're not going to make well, it to South Texas very quickly. Was, that's the thing. Vice only counted 36 people, but it's entirely possible the other 699,964 were taking a piss break just then. They had to pee. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just once I want a right wing conspiracy to be true. Right. For these 36 dudes to get trampled Wiley Coyote style by the one million gang members waiting on the other side of the Rio Grande, like the world's strangest game of red light, green light. Like, is that so much to ask? Right, so here's the big sticking point for the army of God. I'm just going to repeat that. The army of God had a big sticking point. Had a little snag. That's weird. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they organized the whole thing on Telegram. For those who aren't familiar, Telegram is the message app that's almost entirely dedicated to QAnon manifestos and buying ivermectin in abandoned warehouses and alleys. <laughs> well, the Telegram channels for the trucker convoy are apparently riddled with paranoid conspiracies that are scaring everyone away from the <gasps> trucker convoy. Fuck yeah, they are. Potential soldiers of God are very worried that the whole thing is actually a psyop or a honeypot run by the federal government to entrap all the patriots. So it's the it's the paranoia support group joke come to life. Exactly. It really is. They're literally living it. <laughs> Either they don't know what a honeypot is, or they're picturing a very different kind of mob streaming across the border than most Republicans. <laughs> I think it's choice B. All right, so I guess we have two possibilities here. One, these people are idiots and... They're too stupid to carry out their stupid plan because their stupid got in the way, which is great. Or two, the FBI did a really good honeypot psyop, which is also great. Right, yeah. But regardless, here's a little advice for the God Army. Army of God. If, you, if you're worried about immigrants, you know, turking your gerbs, maybe do your fucking gerb instead of taking time <laughs> off to do a trucker convoy that's going to do nothing. There you go. Maybe have value or don't. And die. Either way, I'm good. Actually, you know what? Do the second thing I said. Please <laughs> die now. Oh, shit. He said, please. That's the magic word. And since Heath telling Republicans to die is pretty much the singing fat lady of our headlines, I guess we can wrap it up there. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Jumaji. And when we come back, Tom and Cecil will be here to tell us about Joe Mom. Okay, Michelle, you take care. Yeah, you say hi to Nicole for me, is what I'm saying. Hey, uh, Eli? Dude, what are you doing here? Oh, hey, guys, I was just opening. Wait, McDonald's? Yeah, if I open, uh, Chris lets me get a free breakfast and lunch for my shift meal, so, you know. And you work how long for this free breakfast? Six hours. Uh, I mean, plus I get my break, but it's like oh, six right, clocked in. Right. Hour. Um, Eli, if you want a free breakfast for life, why not try... Hello Fresh. What's Hello Fresh? With Hello Fresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on Hello Fresh to make home cooking easy, fun and affordable. That's why it's America's number 1 meal kit. I don't know, guys. Don't those meal kits get kind of samey? Not with Hello Fresh, they don't. Dig into their biggest menu yet with over 45 recipes to choose from each week. Wow, that is a lot of variety. But what's this about free breakfast? Well, they say breakfast is the most important meal of the day, and HelloFresh agrees. In fact, they're giving all subscribers free breakfast for life. 
That means you'll enjoy a totally free breakfast item with every single HelloFresh delivery. Wow, but have you guys actually tried this thing? I sure have. HelloFresh sent us a box to try when they became a sponsor, and I love how I can find recipes for a heart-healthy diet and that everything unpacks from the fridge in seconds. Okay, guys, I'm sold. Where do I sign up? Go to HelloFresh.com slash scathingfree and use code scathingfree for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash scathingfree with the code scathingfree. All right, guys, thanks. Say, what are you doing here at McDonald's so early? Oh, we were, uh, we were at the hospital. Oh, Valentine's Day prank? Yeah, <laughs> big time. Did me a rupture. Mm-hmm. Okay. Big rupture. A lot of people have reached out over the past few weeks to gently remind us that we're running a little bit behind on the vulgarity for charity roasts, and our response has been, you have no fucking idea. But before we get into <laughs> yeah. just how far behind we really are, we want to welcome back the Brangelina of podcasting, Tom and Cecil from Cognitive <laughs> Dissonance. Gentlemen, welcome back. Well, it's either Tiesel or Calm, and we all know how much Tom hates the internet, so it's definitely <laughs> Tiesel. It's, it's definitely Tiesel. Gotta be Feel like it. Soul. <laughs> All right. Well, today we have a very special episode. As a result of a very serious medical condition that Eli has, it's called organizational insanity. Thank you. The spreadsheet with all the roast requests from our Vulgarity for Charity 2022 was, in fact, organizationally insane because of that condition that Eli has. And we ended up missing some of our top donors. We feel terrible about it. So now we're going to fix that a year plus later. Okay. In my defense. Hup, hup, you haven't been reintroduced yet. You're not even here. It's it's true. It's true. How would anyone know that you're on the show right now, Eli? Right, hoisted by my own retard. Just right. crazy disembodied noise that makes no sense right now. So anyway, <laughs> Shane S, Garrett S, Jeff O, Daniel S, Gene, Howard Z, Krista M, and Nine-Fingered Lesbian we want to give you a big apology from Eli. Your desired mm -hmm. roasting awaits. Hey! And an even bigger apology from Eli to Andrew B., Jim G., <laughs> Anonymous, Kevin S., White Chocolate Temptation, Scott D., Justin C. Really sorry about that is Eli. Eli is really sorry. It was his fault because I don't feel sorry. Eli does. And an even bigger, bigger, bigger apology on behalf of Eli Bosnick to Bobby, <laughs> James from Wichita, Seattle, Exmo, Hannah and Zach, Dave, D and Jake, Julian Rich, and Walt and Ash. Eli is terribly sorry. He's willing to take uh, comedy notes from you anytime. All you have to do is email Eli Bosnick. That's one word at gmail.com. That's the meanest thing you've ever written. <laughs> that's really, yeah, that's over the line. Okay. So whenever mm -hmm. you have any thoughts about any of his comedy bits, he is 100% open to criticism. Cecil, Cecil, what was the email one more time? What did you say? Eli Bosnick for comedy notes. And of course, the biggest apology of all to Matt M, Kathleen O, Farron, Joel K, Alex D, Dev T, and Michael C. Eli is eternally sorry that he can't count within a piece of software that's dedicated <laughs> to counting stuff for you. Oh. Speaking of which, Eli, welcome again back more to the show. 
I'm back. I'm back. And I'm here to say tabs are confusing. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, a big shout out to Joel K, who I should point out, donated $1,000 and never even asked for anything in return, including a thank you within a senatorial administration. <laughs> so if you think about it, Joel, this is extra. Oh, yeah. You're back in the pluses now, Eli. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> All right, Eli, you're also going to start us off with our first roast today. Shane wants a roast of Providence St. Joseph Health. So here's the thing about when you create a new tab in a spreadsheet, all right? It doesn't, <laughs> okay. it can hide the tab. Well, okay, it wasn't hidden. You would have to but press it, that, right? <laughs> you would have to click it. You have to click it. And then you look and then they're, they're mm -hmm. all the color you picked. Mm -hmm. Anyways, St. Joseph Health, let's talk about them. Imagine, Rows and columns are tricky. It's very you, strange. Literally my last organizational roast. thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're going to go after rows and columns. That's fair. I am going to go after rows and columns. Okay. Anyways, at uh, St. Joseph Health, imagine being a bad guy for a healthcare provider. <laughs> That's like being the not friendly guard at a concentration camp. But I get it. <laughs> I do get it. If I were named after a saint whose most famous accomplishment was being involuntarily and generationally cucked, oh, Jesus I'd Christ. be a jerk about payroll too. <laughs> And Heath, this one's definitely for you. Garrett wants a review of Michigan Roads. Oh, hi there. Governor Gretchen Whitmer here, Garrett. Uh, I heard you had a request to roast the roads in my great home state of Michigan. Well, as you know, we're literally billions of dollars behind on maintaining the infrastructure thanks to a decade of Republican budget cuts. But don't worry. I made it my personal goal to fix all the roads. Are they done yet? No, not even close. Are we in the middle of another punishing winter that's definitely making it much, much worse? Absolutely we are. That's correct. Were you massively inconvenienced for a small amount of improvement? You betcha. But hey, we are can-do Midwesterners. So get rid of that stinking thinking. It's not a, a gaping pothole that looks like a, a sarlacc. It's a job creator. It's a job creator for the wonderful tire companies and local repair shops. And that's not a massive flood on a major city highway. It's a limited time aquatic attraction, fun for the whole family. <laughs> Plus, keeps the Ohioans out. Am I right? Right? Go blue. Okay, so thanks for your concern. And if you want to pitch in, get out there and fill in some of those potholes yourself. <laughs> some, uh, some mayo and popcorn salad and a little hot dish. It'll be uh, perfect. It'll harden up real nice. Be all set. There you go. Okay. All right. I want uh, him to do that voice all the time now. Oh, right. absolutely. <laughs> Andy Kaufman. He's Gretchen yeah, Whitmer. Yeah, no, Gretchen Whitmer is now a major time, player yeah. in the podcast universe. Do so many ads. All right. So next up for Tom, Walt and Ash want a roast of their respective exes, Byron and Jesse. Okay. Well, this is a weird one because these are two very different people. And no, no, they're not. They're not. Look, the details are different, but it's. Two sides of the same coin, no matter how you flip it, anyone playing with these two loses. Now look, at the base of things, you have different manifestations of the same syndrome, a common malady of entitlement and selfishness, two users whose sole occupation is clearly not to have one, but instead to embrace their roles as emotional and financial and sexual parasites. They will, I assure you, never change. They can't. Any more than a leech can grow feathers, they cannot wake up tomorrow and self-reflect. 
It is simply not in them, not a part of their DNA to try to be better, to see themselves, to improve as people. Instead, what they will do is flail about until they find their next host to latch onto. But here is what is also true. Unlike you or I who live fulfilled, they will never be full. They will live forever burrowing into others to feed and never feel full because defining who they are is an emptiness, a vastness of nothing that eats at them every day and consumes them. They will live lives obsessed with their own hollowness, feeding but hungry, full of the kind of gnawing, relentless pain that can never be quenched. So heal your own wounds from their bites and take comfort in knowing that you, in fact, can be healed, that you can, in truth, be whole, and that they will die writhing and starving and unloved. Brains. <laughs> I miss this, Tom. We need like dubstep music playing in the background. Or I don't know. Tom should be at Gitmo. <laughs> no, like you'd be a, you know, staff. And Cecil, Farron would like you to roast celebrity actor with the same first name, Farron Tahir. Okay, so Ferran looks like someone made a replica face out of cake, but they couldn't get the frosting completely smooth. <laughs> and they couldn't find a small needle for the pores, so they had to settle on one of those things you blow up basketballs with. <laughs> I feel like, feel like if you're talking about a pore strip, it wouldn't be one of those little pieces of paper. It would be a series of buildings, like a pore strip mall is what I'm <laughs> And Noah, this one's for you. Jeff wants a roast of conspiracy theory doctors who are hired by lawyers to convincingly lie in court in order to keep children in abusive environments. Wow, that's very specific. Like David Ayub and others. Yeah, so uh, first of all, Jeff, thank you for giving me a whole new class of people to hate. This is a thing. <laughs> Apparently, David Ayub's job basically at this point is to hire himself out to child abusers who he then testifies on behalf of in court. Like he'll be like, Oh, you know, these kids had really breakable bones as it turns out. <laughs> Jesus and he just so happens to be a fringe conspiracy theorist, anti-vaxxer who once equated vaccination programs with genocide. Shocking. And while his very existence redefines evil in so doing, it makes him almost impossible to roast. Right, like, does he look like the pie from American Pie got pregnant? Yes, but what does that matter? <laughs> In a world where, ever, like, literally everything I could legally say about him would fall a thousand miles short of sufficient. I feel like that's the best one we've done yet. That is amazing. <laughs> I mean, you could say stuff illegally. Uh, no, as we've explained so many times, no, we can't because There's it's the, illegal. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's the definition. All right. Now it's time for some special requests. First up, we have a request from Bobby dedicated to the Transy Talk channel. The target is one of the following. J.K. Rowling, Ken Paxton, Greg Abbott, or just turfs in general. And Bobby would like the roast in the form of Melania and Sarah Huckabee Sanders in sketch form. Jesus Ooh, Christ. Okay. Any wow. excuse for a doodly-doo. Hit it, Morgan. Well, what if I order the broccoli cheddar soup at a corporate level? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll hold again. Damn it. Hello, Sarah. It's me, your happy Phantom best friend, Balamia. No way, girlfriend. Bring it in. Uh, 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 Bring it uh, in. Careful, mm. careful. My bones are on the house side this week. Right, sure. No, I get it. So, uh, what up? Boss man try to rob the grave around the back of the house again? No, thank gosh. I put his pajamas on backwards and that keeps him zip zap. Right, yeah, smart. So, uh, what's the deal? What's going on? So, Sarah, have you ever heard of a turf? Um, 
Yeah, like the football field? Hell yeah. I had the kitchen redone entirely in that stuff this summer. It makes a slide tackle for some cheese and crackers a lot more efficient, actually. No, no, Saraj. A tarf is a trans-explosive scrapper feminist. <laughs> okay, well, you know how I feel about feminism, right? You're still mad it's not a brand of medicine for a yeast infection. Yeast infection, exactly. It's misleading. No, but these, we're one on our side. They don't like the transes or the queeries. Okay, I'm confused. How could a feminist be against trans rights or queer people? Aren't those like circles within the circle or whatever? That's what I thought. There's a circle within a circle, but no. Okay, you know what? If we can get them on board, we'll take them. Uh, who are we talking about? Well, that's Cat Cash Rowling. Um, isn't she the one who looks like a, a library ghost's unfinished business was giving a teenager bulimia? Uh-huh. And Greg Abbott. <laughs> the... The guy who's afraid of trees? Yeah, all of them, not just the talking ones. Okay, well, look, uh, tell them they're all welcome, but as I tell my hubby on sex Christmas, we're going to expect a pretty quick slide down the slop to white supremacy. I don't act on. Hey, uh, Melania, before you go. Yeah, what's up, Jara? If a sandwich restaurant sells soup by the bowl, you should get to bring in your own bowl, right? You gotta let this go, Sarah. So we're gonna ban you again. I'm just saying it's false advertising. <laughs> Next up is a request for the type of loathing only Tom can bring. Alex wants you to go after homophobia and transphobia. Yeah, you know, I've always liked that this brand of bigotry is labeled a phobia because I just think that it's accurate. That all hate stems from fear, sure, but for so many of the phobes out there, it's more than that. It's jealousy. It's a resentment that they lack the courage of those that they denigrate, that even if they themselves are not gay or trans, they still see in them something they cannot be. They see the sort of honesty and bravery that is nowhere in their character, and they hate, and they belittle, and they punish, because in seeing strength, they are every day reminded of their weakness. And in seeing fearlessness, they are reminded of their own craven, feckless enfeeblement. It is almost enough to know that they are a dying breed, that they are already in the dustbin of history. They know they have lost the battle and the war, and their screams are not battle cries, but the wailing of the dying wounded. They would be pitiable if only they deserved even that. Feeblement. <laughs> what a great fucking I feel like okay. I feel like what we need to do is we need to, you know how they have those poetry things or those those little fridge magnets? We the need to do that magnets. with Tom's roasty roast. fridge oh, magnets. There roasty you go. fridge Ooh. magnets. You, fridge just, magnets. Like, yeah. you just rearrange the adjectives he uses in pretty much every one in a different way. <laughs> everything Tom says. It's already, it's already my method. Onto pillows. <laughs> Tom's like, wait, I feel like that's personal. Hold on. Are you roasting me now? All right, Heath, I got one for you. Michael C. wants you to defend him against Marsh in an argument from QED a, a year and a half ago now, I guess. <laughs> so during the Skeptics in the Pub event, Michael said, I have no intention of treating religious bigots with compassion. And then Marsh explained how that's really not the best way to change hearts and minds. So tell Marsh why he's wrong. Oh, okay. I, I actually remember this moment. All right. So listen, Marsh. Treating idiots with compassion, that might work for you, but you got to be reasonable. Be reasonable. <laughs> for me, that shit's not going to work. I'm not freakishly patient or rakishly charming. I'm not 
likable. I don't have a plummy accent that allows me to hypnotize literally anyone and make Heath have a crush on you. So the rest of us are left to work with the tools that we have. For me, that would be a grating New York accent and misanthropic rage. That's all I got. So I'm going to do the other thing that sometimes works, making it extremely unpleasant to have bad ideas if you ever let me hear one. If a Christian bigot or a flat earther starts talking to me, as much as I love to change their hearts and minds by spending three hours saying, hmm, no, that's not my style. <laughs> Bottom line, Michael C. was right on this one for just about everyone except you, Marsh, you delightful, charming <laughs> freak of nature. Right. <laughs> Thank you. And Cecil, Daniel S. wants you to roast conservatives in STEM. <laughs> You're going to be building bridges, my dudes. Isn't that literally anti-conservative? Come on. <laughs> be designing tech for the next century and voting for people who think at one time all the animals were on an ark measured in cubits. <laughs> do you think that the people who know how to do the devil's maths are going to somehow not be the first one they burn at the stake? <laughs> There's only so much your saved tax dollars will buy and it's not a clear conscience. Also, why do you smell like someone lit a dust buster full of jizz rags on fire? <laughs> I want that candle. You smell it once and it never goes away. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. It's, it's like it's you. in your nose. Like, how is that possible? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Noah, this one's for you. Anonymous wants you to roast polygraph testing. Oh, thank you, Anonymous. Thank you. <laughs> So, okay, so here's the thing. True story, 15-year-old Noah beat a polygraph test. You want to know how I did it? By pretending I wasn't lying. <laughs> seriously, you might as well be reading a person's fucking tea leaves. Of course, cops love polygraph tests because when you're flipping a fucking coin, half the time you get the guilty guy, right? But it, and that's way better than their usual numbers, I'm sure. But to be clear... <laughs> If a cop ever asks if you're willing to take a polygraph, counter with a magic eight ball. See if like, you can like, park him down. And if that doesn't work, tell him you're fine doing it, but he has to take a polygraph about the same crime. Right? <laughs> no. And again, statistically, you're just going to get way more. You're going to catch your man. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Right, right. Every question you get on the polygraph, ask again later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been arrested by the cops. Outlook, not so good. Right. <laughs> All right, so it's time for one last set of dog piles. These donors were both incredibly generous and they chose topics that they wanted everybody to talk about. So first up, herpes. Thanks to Matt for the donation. All right, look, herpes is like getting a Grateful Dead tattoo. It can be embarrassing, sure, but it was fun when you got it. And <laughs> people are way meaner about it than they should be considering the statistics about how many people fucking have it. Uh, I look, herpes is just the yellow jacket of viruses, right? Like, they're just obnoxious. It's not the end of the world. It stings, but like, that's kind of all. It's just, you didn't have to do anything to deserve this. What did you do? Drink from a juice glass once when you were a kid? Great. Face herpes. Why? Because yellow jackets, that's why. <laughs> it's just meanness in virus form. Right, and it's cowardly. Bunch of fucking, like, they gotta come at you in groups. You ever seen one herpes? No. <laughs> no, because they're scared to fight me one-on-one. -on -one. Chicken shit uh, bastards. Fucking herpes. It's the, it, herpes is the being white of diseases. It's sexually transmitted, 
Uh, sometimes it's not your fault that you have it, but you should warn people either way. And yes, <laughs> it's filthy residue is all over the toilet seats in the bathroom at Chick-fil-A. But we all know that's not how you got it. Just try to keep it under control <laughs> and stop eating there because they're a bunch of babies. Stop. Right. All right. Well, Cecil didn't write anything on that. I can't tell if that's because only four out of five American adults have oral herpes or because one out of six of them have genital herpes. But for some reason, he's staying moot. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Herpes is like uh, tabs on a spreadsheet. Did I do that one? Okay. <laughs> hey. I've been much more careful with herpes than I have tabs on the spreadsheet. Why would you hurt me like that? All right. So with a huge thank you to Scott, Scott would like a roast of libertarians. Okay, fantastic. Uh, hey, libertarians, take a knee. You are being detained right now, by the way. <laughs> You're the death of nuance in the goddamn universe. The tagline for your stupid thing is don't step on snack or whatever the fuck that is. Your philosophy of unbridled freedom is a rule about what I can't do. You're stupid. Yes. <laughs> right. right. So I, I've heard libertarians described as Republicans with a bong. Right. And I'm here to say that's an insult to bongs. Libertarians <laughs> are Republicans with a shocking ignorance of basic anthropology. Right. The end result of libertarianism is making all the worst shit worse. And the fact that libertarians assume that people would act based on economic rationality and not bias is a terrifying reflection on the fact that that's what they think they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Libertarians are the I got mine party, except whenever you meet them, it becomes obvious that what they got was either a trust fund or a lot of logged hours on the incel boards on 4chan. Yep. Uh, seriously, how many libertarian women do you know? I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the answer is still zero. I could keep waiting. The number won't change any faster than a libertarian will move out of his mom's house. Ayn <laughs> Rand. Do you know Ayn Rand? <laughs> <laughs> libertarians are the white privilege of government philosophies they look around at the centuries and centuries of funded government projects and think yep i did all that all by myself without any help look at me. <laughs> hey libertarians i've got great news your utopia it already existed that's right way back in the days of the strongest survive Three monkeys decided liberationally that combining their berries meant more berries for everyone. The social contract is, by definition, the freest possible scenario yep. because it's what happened in the reality yeah, we live where in. there was the freedom. Yes. Now, pay your taxes. <laughs> Why are there still libertarians then? <laughs> All right, and we're going to close it out with one final round of dealer's choice, courtesy of Gene. Rage in any direction you see fit. Okay. Uh, hey, everyone doing that group chanting thing, it goes badly every single time. When they show a protest on the news, you see like 10 seconds, it seems like a good idea they're doing the chant. What do we want? Justice. When do we want it now? Sure, that's a good thought. Makes sense. But what you don't see is the rest of that three-hour march. And it's untenable. So so then, like, the leader guy tries to mix it up after that, but he goes for something with too many words, and everybody's like, we want the rights, and we're bringing in the fights. And you do it. You do it. Oh, you're doing triplet? Really? We, we want the rights, and we're bringing the fights. Nope. Ah, uh, cut, cut. Listen, we got to switch. I can't follow that as too much. 
And then the leader guy throws in like a double negative and it's pandemonium. Everyone's looking around trying to figure out like Jews will replace us because we're cool with that. I, I don't know where we are right now. And now I feel anti-Semitic. We're trying to do the opposite. And even if it's an easy chant, everyone gets tired after like a minute or two. And it starts sounding like you're sarcastic about you know, <laughs> black does. lives mattering yes. or human <laughs> rights or whatever. Something good. It's a terrible look. But most importantly, I need the sports version of the chanting to definitely go away because somebody who's kind of new to Ann Arbor might end up at the game against Ohio State and everybody starts chanting, let's go blue. And apparently every single person in the stadium, except for me, knows that it's over after eight of those. And then I yell, let's go blue with nobody else. And now I have to kill myself with my hands. Oh, yes. Very soon. Yes, if anyone fuck. has the video of Heath alone in the so stadium good. being like, let's go. It's uh, so I'll give you all my money for it. Go yep. now. I'll double it. I'll double it. <laughs> I quit. All right. Hey, us. What the sweet fuck were you guys thinking? You make Thank an entire you. charity event favoring people who gave the most money so they could get special treatment and then you literally neglect to give the people who gave the most money what they asked for and just omit them from your charity roast. Why don't you just record a special high dollar charity episode where you just read the words go fuck yourself for 30 minutes straight. <laughs> <laughs> then charge on Patreon for it. <laughs> the only people more incompetent than you are the people who thought it was a good idea to let podcasts keep track of records other than high scores on Galaga. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cecil, I also have uh, a serious injustice to talk about. All right, Kellogg's Raisin Bran. How big is the fucking scoop? It it, it's, this is a crucial piece of information. You've been hiding the whole fucking time, isn't it? You say there's two scoops of raisins in every box, but your Raisin Bran comes in different size fucking boxes. <laughs> Are you using the same fucking scoops on every one? Obviously not, because the little personalized ones would just be a bulging box of fucking raisins. Do you have different size scoops for every box? Well, if you do, then your slogan means nothing. You've given me no information. <laughs> also, fuck you for being a thing I have to eat now. You're gross and you taste like sadness. That's true. That's true. The third bite's the hardest, right? Because yeah. that's when it's become mush. Because then you're in for a whole bowl. Then it's just like, yeah. Right. Then it's cement, right? Yeah. And there was just a, and it dirties the bowl forever. You're just like, yeah, there's a little bit of raisin bran there's on the bottom of this bowl in there now. For, no, you just, just throw that bowl in the garbage when you're yeah, done. That's, that's a garbage all you bowl have. now. That's not for you. And I, of course, am ready to take on this week's villain spreadsheets. Spreadsheets? <laughs> Why are you so confusing? Eh? Where would that go? One? <laughs> <laughs> Rose and columns. <laughs> Words I wrote before he pointed them out sarcastically <laughs> at the beginning of this. I think... We can all agree. Anyone, even the most fastidious scholar, could lose track mm. of hundreds Apple. of items, <laughs> let alone no. just by 10 or 20. After all, probably not. What are spreadsheets known for? Being a terrible and difficult way 
to keep track of information <laughs> with no way to find what you've lost. Yes. So, yep. yeah. Boo spreadsheets. <laughs> Boo. Let's start a chant. <laughs> Let's go. go. Spreadsheets. You're right, Heath. It is bad. It is terrible. I found some missing ones in the spreadsheets. Eli was like, you're lying. I think you're a liar. <laughs> you totally did for like a week and a half. You're allowed to duel him with pistols for that, by the That's way. That's true. Just want to let you know. <laughs> Called you a liar. Fuck sleeping. Thank you, Tom. Every Somebody day. had to come for it. Thank every, you. Thank you. Every day. Every goddamn day. And for a huge chunk of the day, everybody just kind of gently powers down. Not everybody. For a third of our lives, we're just mildly unconscious and completely fucking vulnerable. And for what? Our hearts don't ever just take a 15 our livers keep livering all day, 24-7, 365. But our stupid fucking brains, the thing that arguably mostly makes us who we are, well, it was just turn the fuck off. <laughs> and there's no getting around it because we'll go fucking nuts if we don't become unconscious for a little while every fucking day. But then sometimes, and here's the real kicker, sometimes your brain's like, hey, what about I just keep the light switch in the on position? Because fuck you, that's why. And then you don't sleep. And instead, you just shit at everything forever until you can be unconscious again so you can be better at being conscious later. The whole thing is too fucking asinine to be believed. Imagine trying to explain this to aliens that don't have to sleep. You'd be like, oh, yeah, so every day, uh, all of us, we just kind of die a little. And, uh, but if we don't do that, that'll kill us. We're trash. This is being human. Just everyday training for the sweet release of death. That's it. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to close off Vulgarity for Charity 2022. Still working on last year's. Roll the spreadsheet, guys. Roll it. <laughs> no, you're not supposed to roll them. I tried. They, yeah. So, okay. So, guys, if you donated over the holidays, keep listening both here and over at Cognitive Dissonance. Your roasts might be just around the corner. Like next year sometime. See, it might be Definitely. next year. You never really next know. Next year. Uh, we like to surprise you. Keep them popping in. And Tom Cecil, thanks again for hanging out, guys. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. I wanted to blame Tim for the record. <laughs> you did? Don't worry. Eli's got everybody's name this year on a large scroll of papyrus. It's I'm using a Roman <laughs> tablet. I'm using a Roman wax tablet like that guy on TikTok. It's all in cuneiform. It's going to be fine. Before we return to our carbonite tonight, I want to add an asterisk to the end of that Vulgarity for Charity segment. While we are indeed done recording all the roasts from 2022. There wasn't quite enough room in this episode for all of the ones that we recorded, so we're going to officially wrap that up on next week's show. Anyway, that's all the blast we've got for you tonight. We'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be able to look out for a brand new episode of our Sister Show's Hot Friend Guide for Movies debuting at 7 Eastern on Tuesday and an even new episode of our Half Sister Show's Tisha Nita debuting at noon Eastern on Wednesday. I almost had that. Obviously, I can't grant this episode its own number in the archives of a neglected thank Heath Enright for wrenching the truth out of them, Lucinda Lusions for hammering the truth out of them, and Eli Bosnick for screwing... You know, never mind. You really only get two out of that one, I guess. Anyway, I also want to thank Tom and Cecil for hanging out with us again this week. I want to thank Nate for providing this week's Farnsworth quote and for providing cat pics along with it. You found my weakness, Nate. But most of all, of course, I want to thank this week's best bipeds, L, Josh, Chris, Johnny, Tips, Donovan, Noah, Amaretto, Nathan, Retnap, Renolfo, and Zoe, the Pug Puppy's best friend. <laughs>
El Josh, Chris, and Johnny, who are so hot, all ice cream is soft served to them. Donovan, Noah, Amaretto, and Nathan, whose IQs have more numbers in them than a birthday candle factory. And Retnap, Renolfo, and Zoe, who are so bright they can return the sun the favor during an eclipse. Together, these 11 vivacious vixens of veracity evaluated our voracious vendetta against the venal vendors of viperous veneration this week by giving us money. Not everybody has the admirable sense of loyalty it takes to give us money, but if you do, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash atheist, whereby you'll earn early access to an extended ad-free version of every episode, or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help, but your money is tight as a dish right now, you can also help a ton by leaving a five-star review, telling a friend about the show, and following us on social media. And speaking of social media, Tim Robert handles that for us. Additional writing for this episode was provided by Mike Schuster and Andrea Romano and our audio engineer is Martin Clark, who also wrote all the music that was used in this episode, which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingatheist.com. Morgan, I don't, I don't even know what I'm asking you to do. Morgan. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2024. All rights reserved.